Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Sorry. That's all right. Wasn't that good? Come on, let's thank our worship team today. Great to see you. You know, when we were singing that song, God of Revival, I was just about to get up, get the mic and go, we need to sing this over Ukraine. And I thought, I'll wait a little bit longer. And then Donna just begin to think about that. You know, tonight in our uh, prayer night, we're going to sing that song again over Ukraine and, and, and the church. It was so important. It so impacted me this morning, thinking about when I was singing that song over that nation, over that area, that as a church, we can supernaturally stand together. And, you know, as Lee spoke about last week, about the power of, of praise and worship, that you can begin to to just ask God to move by his power in a fresh way for our churches and for the people there, people that they even know God in those locations that God will visit and that God will give them hope and change things around. So, good morning. It's great to see you. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you today. And I know that last week was our last sort of message on the prayer series, but um, as we, we've been away for a couple of weeks in Holland, as I was thinking this week um, about our new theme, I just couldn't get out of my head all the issues that's happening in our world. You know, that sometimes you can get overwhelmed with your own personal war. Is that right? You know, we, you know in marriages you can have wars. <laughs> in families you can have wars. And in our world right now and in the back of COVID and all sorts of things was hitting my mind and I was thinking, one of the questions I asked myself was, if I was a pastor in Ukraine this morning, what message would I give my church? And it really overwhelmed me a little bit and I just thought, Lord, I don't know how to pray, I don't know, and then I thought about my own church, about my own life and it was just overwhelming a little bit of how to pray and then I just felt a little nudge just to say, why don't you pray with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I was reminded in Romans that when we pray with the gift of the Holy Spirit, actually praise to the direct will of God, which I don't have to get my mind around, I don't have to get to fathom, is this the right prayer, the wrong prayer? And as I begin to pray in the gift of tongues, and I want to teach you about that today, if you're unfamiliar with that, don't, don't be spooked out, it's in the Bible. And uh, I begin to pray in the gift of speaking in tongues and just begin to pray and worship. And it was amazing how anxiety left me, but it, it left me with an understanding that what I prayed for those few moments actually prayed the heart of God for whatever was going on in my heart. And I thought, we just can't end the series here on prayer. I need to teach you about a, a, a gift that God has given to the church that will help you not only in a corporate setting, but also in your private devotion with God. Uh, there are times when you're overwhelmed of you don't know how to pray or what to pray. But God has given us this gift so we can use that gift to, to release God's will on earth in our lives. So as, we were, as, as Pastor Lee spoke about last week, about community, and it starts in the early church in Acts 2, they talked about the Holy Spirit falling on the church as a sign of a new covenant. And Jeremiah talks about there'll be a new covenant with my people. Not only is the Holy Spirit going to rest on people, but it's going to live in people. 
I'm in the upper room. The new covenant was established by the Spirit of God descending on the, the 120 and there begin to speak a heavenly language. They actually spoke in tongues, but those tongues were actually languages which reached out to the community to, to connect with different nations and tribes so they could understand the praises of God in their own language. And so I want to teach you a little bit about, first of all, the Holy Spirit filling us as his people with a supernatural enabling. You know, you cannot live the Christian life in your own willpower. We try a lot of things. You try a lot of diets in your own willpower. You make those resolutions New Year and a week later it, it falls apart because we're not strong enough. Now, there are things in the kingdom of God and following Jesus that you actually can't do in your own strength. You, you, in fact, you can't save yourself, so you need the Holy Spirit to do that. And also you can't live the life that God expects you to without the Holy Spirit helping you and changing you from the inside out. And so that's, that's a pressure off, isn't it, really? We have choices to make, of course. But God enables us to live a life we couldn't live before. Before we was actually in bondage and in, in, in slavery. But when Christ came, he set us free so we can live a life that pleases God. I just find that so amazing. That it's not just about my my power, but his strength helping me to make the choices I want to make to please God. And so when the Holy Spirit came in that upper room, it came and it filled them all, and they was filled with the presence of God, and it manifested in speaking in other languages. And as you continue to read through the book of Acts, it says in Acts 4, they prayed in the place where they were meeting was shaken. Wouldn't that be great in our prayer meeting tonight? Not an earthquake kind of shake, but with the with presence of God, where we felt God's presence so much. The place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So there was different manifestations when God came and impacted the gatherings, the corporate gatherings of the early church. In Acts 9, it says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me to you so you'll be, that you will see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it was a, a second experience of, of Paul encountering Jesus as his saviour. And now God sent another Christian. Isn't it important that you can't live this Christian life on your own? That, you know, it, Paul was an amazing man of God, but he needed other Christians to help him on the journey. And so here he's blinded, and the only way that, that he could actually continue to serve God and follow God's will was to rely on somebody else to go to him and encourage him and lay his hands on him. And the Bible says, it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately something fell off his, aisle, off his eyes so he could see again. And so we could see a supernatural enabling in the early church when, when God came in this new covenant, this new age. Acts 8 says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had been ex accepted the word of God, so they accepted that Jesus was Lord, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. You have to understand that here is the Jewish nation, Peter and John, going to a Gentile um, area, wondering would God accept Gentiles. And so they went, and it says when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there 
that they may receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, they only simply been baptized in the, the, the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. And so we can see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, empowering the church for works of service, encouraging one another. And we need to embrace that more and more in our church, that we not just go on our own intellect or our own abilities, but we have a resource, is the presence of God, the promise of Jesus, I will give you my comfort to the Holy Spirit. Not only will be with you, but he'll be in you forever. And he is the third person, the person, the God's empowering presence that will help us do what we cannot do to fulfill God's purpose in our lives. But then the Apostle Paul teaches the church that not only is the Holy Spirit to fill us for different um, uh, expressions of God's power, but also gives us gifts that we can operate supernaturally as a church. And so these are not just like normal natural gifts that we're born with. These are, when you become a Christian and you come to know Christ, God actually gives you supernatural down payments of his grace. Every one of us can be open to receive a supernatural gift. And some of you may have operated in these gifts and never even know that they were supernatural. And so I want to encourage you in in 1 Corinthians 12. This is the church the Apostle Paul wrote to. And he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the Spirit of the message of wisdom. To another, knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. To another, healing. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still others, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And so this is not just about a Pentecostal teaching. This is a Bible teaching. This is open to all those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. This is the same Bible that all of us read if we are followers of Jesus. And so Paul is saying that that God has endowed the church with supernatural gifts, not only to edify, because that's what the gifts are for. The gifts are to help one another in life, where where, where sometimes we we can't have a breakthrough, but God will somehow supernaturally work through one another with wisdom and healings and miracles and words of knowledge, just like Jesus operated in the New Testament outside the church context with a woman at the well, with, you know, Philip, or different kinds of operations. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not only for edification of the body of Christ, but are also there, can manifest actually in your workplace, in your home, and wherever you go. Actually, you can operate naturally supernatural. You can walk into an environment, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will speak to you about something and give you faith to pray for somebody. Or we'll give you a word that's a, and, and, and speak to some, in somebody's life. Is that how did you know that? But that is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And they are not there to let people know how spiritual we are. And this was the downfall in the church in Corinth. And, and so Paul was writing 
a bit of a correctional letter to help them flow with the gifts because they were a very gifted church, but a very immature church. And sometimes we get mixed up in church life that if we think that we're flown in the gifts of the Spirit, that somebody's automatically mature. Well, that's not the truth. Because the, the church in Corinth were taking each other to court. They were di- divisive. They were following different uh, leaders. They were living in sexual immorality. And yet they were moving in the power of God. And so don't let's get mixed up because somebody moves in the gift of the Spirit that are automatically mature in their life because this church was totally immature. Yet God, in His grace, because they're gifts, you see, they're not earned, they're given by God for the purpose to help other people. And if we can position ourselves like that, then God would use us even more. And so, so Paul, why I'm, I'm, I'm going before I talk to you about the gift of of the gift of the Spirit or, or the gift of speaking in tongues is I want to give you a context that these gifts are biblical and they are given to the church and they didn't stop when the apostles died because there are some teaching out there that says the gift of the Spirit no more in operation. Well, that's not true. Actually, they're actually still in operation and the early church actually, and Paul encouraged the church to actually seek the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm encouraging you as, a, as a, a minister here of the gospel that the gifts are not dead. The gifts are alive and well and they are there to help you through the Christian life. Not only in a church service, but beyond that throughout our, our lives. There are many times where I have worried in my younger days as a dad Worried about my children, what, how they do, what, where are they at night? And somehow God has given me knowledge or wisdom of exactly what they're doing and where they are. It's unbelievable. It's only a supernatural thing, which has given me peace to know that they're okay. It's amazing that God will do that. Words of prophecy. God can speak to you about somebody's now and helping them towards their future. And of course, they need to be weighed and tested. But if they are operating properly, They're a massive asset to your Christian walk and to the church. And Paul gives us um, an ingredient to help us to know how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and it's called love. He He said to the church, look, if you have the voice of angels or you speak with the voice of angels or men but not have love, then you're nothing. And so the ingredient that we need as the people of God, if we're going to flow in our gift, are not calling, always the motivation has to be love because love always puts others first. When Paul says this, he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, what does that mean? Well, Acts 2, they spoke in the tongues of men. They spoke a language that men could understand. But in another context, when he speaks in a heavenly language that God gives us to speak directly to God, which I'll teach you in a second, that is a heavenly language. That is a, a, a language of angels, which Paul is distinction from the New Testament outpouring in Acts 2 to the continual working in our lives as we speak a language that God gives us that nobody can interfere with, the enemy, but speaks directly to God. Wow. What a weapon that God has given us. What a gift that's available to us as a church. But, but if I have not love, I'm only a resounding gong 
or a clanging cymbal. So the problem in the, in the church in Corinth was addressing that people thought because they spoke in this heavenly language that they gave them a, a badge or a trophy of spirituality. And that's the danger when, when God gives us gifts of prophecy or gives us the gifts of, of the supernatural that it can go to our heads. And so we have to always remember they're given by God. We haven't earned them. And they're all ways to benefit and build other people up. Not to, to make you a ministry. Not to give you a stage. But always there because that's the motive of love. That love always puts other people first. So my gift is for you. It's not for me. And if we can, if we can operate like that, Paul says, if you would operate like that church, then there'd be no competition There'll be be nobody like trying to rally for position or trying to prophesy over each other or speak in tongues that nobody can understand. And so he would say this. He said, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. Why did he say that? And some people say, yeah, because prophecy is the best gift. No, it's not. The best gift is the gift that helps me at the time of need. Because it's the best gift only unless somebody interprets the tongue. Because Paul was saying, when you pray in the Spirit, nobody can understand you. It's a heavenly language. And unless you get an interpretation to the corporate, it's not going to make any sense. It's not going to connect and help nobody. That's why I'd rather have you prophesy, because at least people can understand what you're saying to them. But he said, prophecy is better only unless somebody interprets the angelic gift of tongues so we could all be edified. And that was the argument in 1 Corinthians. And so the gift that we need to seek in our lives, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is the ones that you need in your life. So listen to me. If you are sick in your body, you know, I'm not quite, what you need is the gift of healing. Would you agree with me? You know, you, you, you might not need the other gifts. So what gift is it that I need in my life to help other people is the gift that we need to ask God to give us so we can work, work his kingdom out. And so the greater gift is the one that helps us. And so when we come to prayer in our lives, there'll be points in your life, in your prayer life, in your, in your own life, that you will be confused, that you won't know how to pray, you won't know if you're going to be effective in prayer. You may even be feeling, I don't even got the energy to pray in this situation. And so God has given us a gift, a supernatural gift, that the Holy Spirit that's in us will help us pray. Wow. Will help us pray a heavenly language that will not get distracted and will go straight to the throne room of heaven where the exact will of God will be prayed. That just is amazing for me. And so it says this in 1 Corinthians 14. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. There we go. So there's the corporate gift where there's a gift and interpretation of what God is saying. But then there's the private gift that you have this this gift where you can pray directly to God. It does not pray to men but it prays to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So you'll be thinking, whatever am I saying? When God gives you this gift, sometimes it's a bit like another language. It's a heavenly language. 
And I don't want you to get spooked out because after I've preached this message, some of you throughout the weeks and months are going to receive this gift. And I I want to prepare you now that it's okay because it's God. Okay? Because I know many people that have come out of a service and gone home and in there, when they begin praying and worshipping, all of a sudden they're speaking this heavenly language and they're thinking, whatever is this? Well, I don't want you to be surprised. It's a gift that God wants to give you so you can actually be more effective in your walk with him. So for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Ephesians 6 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the people of God. And so I know that when I begin to operate in this gift, and begin to pray in the Spirit, sometimes it's, it can be like it's a, um, a sincere conversation in my head. Like this is like I'm talking really sensible to my children. And then all of a sudden it can move to a kind of worship and praise and then I'm actually singing in this gift as praise to God. It's really, I really can't explain it all to you, but all I know, I know what's going on in my heart. But it's a good thing. It's not an evil thing. It's a God thing. And we need to embrace the gifts of what he gives to the church. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So this is the only gift out of all the gifts that actually edifies you. All the other gifts are to help other people. The gift of tongues actually strengthens you from the inside out. So when you're feeling weary, when you're feeling worn out, this gift, as you begin to operate and pray and worship to the Lord, this gift will strengthen you from the inside out of your life. Jude chapter 1 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a few reasons why I'm teaching this this morning. Number one, because some of you may not believe the gifts are for today. Number two, some of you have this gift, have not prayed in this gift for a long time. And you've forgotten about this resource. And there are others who are not quite sure whether God would give me this gift. And so my job today is to let you know that these gifts are available and if you, you know the Lord Jesus, you are a prime candidate to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to be perfect. Come on, say amen. So the, the, the prime scripture for my talk today is Romans 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through worldless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Wow! Can you believe that is in the Bible? In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We, we don't know sometimes what to pray for. We're confused, just like me the other day. So many things going on. So many things to try and ask God for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through worldless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. You see, 
There are some times that you just don't know what's going on in your own life. But the Holy Spirit does. Because he knows you better than yourself. And he searches your heart. And what is communicated to the throne of God direct is the very thing that you're majorly concerned about in your life. Some things you can't articulate. Some things you can't put your finger on. But the Holy Spirit can. And as you begin to release this gift, you're praying the exact thing that you need in your life for yourself and also for others. It's an amazing gift that God has given to the church. When we're anxious, when we're confused, when we're stuck, we have a heavenly language, a direct prayer request, a language of the Trinity that hits God's will every time. It sorts, it changes, it removes, it empowers for his glory. What a gift. God has given to us. It can help our unbelief, our doubt, our confusion. You see, the thing is, there's been loads of times in my walk with God where I've not really believed God on some stuff or I've doubted. So I've started to pray in the Spirit because I've, I've, if I pray what I don't really... So when I pray in English, some of the things, I'm praying for stuff that I can't even believe for. That's how spiritual your pastor is. So when you pray in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm praying for, so I believe it anyway. So God could be setting me up for something that I wouldn't believe. Isn't God good? And so we have to step into the supernatural and to trust God. And here's the promise, what we, we have not really taught about when we quote this scripture in Romans 8.28. And we know that all, in all things God works for the good of those that love him and have been called according to the purpose that is on the back of the Holy Spirit praying the direct will of God for you in your life. Wow. So we want all things to work together, don't we, for good? So we need to begin to pray. Allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us to the Father, the perfect will of God. Here's some more good news for you. If you keep reading Romans 8, we have somebody else who prays for us. Jesus. And Jesus ever lives to intercede for us. It says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. The next verse that we tend to take out of context, who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. On the back of Jesus praying for us constantly. When you say to me, do you know, I'm not sure I'm praying enough. Don't worry, Jesus is praying for you all the time. When you're saying, I'm not sure I've got the power to pray, the Holy Spirit that's in you can manifest his gift for you to pray to the Father to pray the exact will of God to all things, all your messes, all your mistakes, all your troubles, all your worries can work together for good according to his power in his glory. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that want to make you say, Lord, I want this gift. I'm going to use this gift even more in my life. I want to say to you, you don't get, you know, when you're praying in this gift, you don't get like, you know, I don't get much sensation. I just know I've got the gift and just like talking to you now and I begin to exercise the gift that God's deposited in my life and it's amazing 
what happens in the atmosphere and over situations in our life. And so I, I want to encourage you to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit and especially the heavenly language, praying in the Spirit. So I'm going to just talk for five points and I'm going to finish. And then a worship team's going to come back and we're going to pray. I want to talk to you a couple of little things for you that, that may need to activate this gift again in your life and begin to start practicing it. And for those of you who haven't got it and you want it, here's some little pointers for you. Number one, if you're in here or online and you don't, have, you don't speak in tongues, you are not a second-class Christian. So let's just get that out of the way. Because yeah. I know over, over time, when I first became a Christian, my dad became a Christian, and he, all, he wanted the gift of speaking in tongues, so he used to go out for prayer every Sunday. And he, he, wouldn't, he didn't receive it, and he'd come back really disappointed, saying, you know, there's something wrong with me, does God not love me? we go for all that scenario, all that scenario. But listen, he was never a second-class Christian. Eventually, he received the gift because sometimes we, we pull away from God when we, we want something. He doesn't give it to us, but he gives it to others. And we sort of have a problem with why, why not me, God, and we pull back from God. But I want to say to you if, you, if you haven't got this gift, or even may I say, if you really don't desire this gift, that's cool. You're not a second-class Christian. You're born again by faith in Jesus. And when you do that, the Spirit of God comes into your life and he makes you a life to God. But the gifts are available as we walk with him. In fact, Ephesians says, be filled with the Spirit. And Paul is saying, be filled every day of your life with his presence. Yeah. So you're not a second-class Christian because we're saved by grace and we live by grace. Number two, believe. Believe that actually God has given these gifts for his church. 1 Corinthians 14 says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. That was the Apostle Paul. When I read that, I thought to myself, when did you actually pray in tongues, Paul? If you spoke in tongues more than all of us, when did you operate in this gift? Well, I started to think about his life. Most of his life, he was isolated in prison. And I'm just wondering, as he was worried about the churches, as he was writing his little letters thinking, I wonder if this is going to reach the church, that the gift of the Holy Spirit, as he began to pray in the Spirit, that enabled him to release the will of God from his prison cell. And little did he know that those letters that he was writing was going to be most of our Bible today. And so I know that when Paul says, I pray in this gift more than all of you because he, he needed this gift when he was isolated in prison so he, the will of God would not be restricted because of the power and supernatural labeling of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. That was his request. And obviously he talks about what well, I would rather you speak prophecy because of helping other people. And so you need to believe that God actually wants to give us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Number three, you have to actually want to desire the gifts. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. 
Desire them. You want to ask God, if you want them, Lord, you know, when you read the list, say, Lord, I'd love to have that gift that would be more effective in life for people. And Lord, especially hearing about this gift, I'd really love that gift in my, in my, in my life so my, my prayers will be just so effective, knowing not to worry whether you're listening or answering. And I'd love to have this to worship you in a, in a language, a heavenly language, a desire to be open to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you know God can distribute as he wills into our lives. And then a couple more and then we're done. Ask him in our praise and our worship. Luke 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Instead, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven listen, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. James says, you have not because you've asked not. And I wonder if, you know, some of us may think, oh, that's a selfish prayer, asking for things for myself. No, the Bible teaches us to ask God the Father through the Son for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with his presence to operate in this life naturally supernatural. And obviously that doesn't, you don't walk around supernatural all the time. It's only for when you need them in your life. And Ephesians 5 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and finally, two more things. Do you know what I've learned is that when I want to learn more about the things of God, I want to get around people that's a bit, gone a bit more in front of me in that. So if I know somebody's like a, a, got the gift of prophecy, I'd like to get a bit more closer to them to know how they operate so I can learn. And Romans 11 says... I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may mutually encourage, be encouraged by each other's faith. And so as we was learned, taught last week about corporate encouragement, needing each other. You know, if you don't speak in the heavenly language, get around some Christians that do. That will help you feel a bit more comfortable as they do that so you can begin to catch Catch their heart and hopefully it will rub off on you. Say, Lord, I want what they've got. I want that gift to help me serve you more, to love you more, to be more effective. And See, that's a love motivation. It's not a selfish motivation where you're saying, I want these gifts so everybody can look at me to see how great I am. No, it's the gifts so you can enable me to help other people. And then finally, I think this is really important. And the worship team can come back now. Finally, this is really important, I believe, in receiving anything from the Lord. Number one, relax, chill out, and receive. 
when you're all tense, when you're all like, come on, chill. Say, Lord, you know my heart, you know my desires. I'm going to worship you, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to receive this gift, and when, it, when it's time, I'll receive it. Chill. Don't, don't get sort of like too intense. Don't fall out with God. Don't, don't, just chill out. Say, Lord, I've heard the word today. Do you know what? I think I'd like that. If you're a little bit scared, say, Lord, I'm a little bit not sure, but Lord, help me to believe. Lord, I want to receive all that you have from heaven for me. Do you know, my prayer for you today is that if God has got some, some supernatural gifts to deposit or to manifest on your life, I pray that you would actually allow God to allow those gifts to work for your life. Because there's other people on the end that could do with those gifts. To heal, to help, for direction, for wisdom, and for prayer. John 16 says this. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. I'm not sure if, we've, if we're great at learning how to receive from God. Because it's not about you. It's about the giver. So let us stand together. And we're going to simply just worship and we're going to pray. Do you know what? Some of you may receive this gift today. Online. In the house. Some of you may receive it when you go home next week. It, it could be any place, anywhere. God's got a sense of humor. God could surprise you. So my commission to you today is this. Some of you that have the gift of speaking in tongues, but you've not activated them for a long time. You've stopped praying in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You've stopped worshiping the Lord with it. You've stopped praying with your gifts. I believe the Holy Spirit saying it's time to activate them again. It's time to start to get into a habit of praying in the Spirit in your personal devotion with God. Some of you may have been told it's not for today. And it's wrong. I want to eliminate that. It's a lie. That's not true. It is for today. And it is for the church and for the world. And God the giver wants to disperse them to his church. And to you. You say, well, I'm not spiritual enough. It's not the issue. God's the giver. He decides who he wants to give them to. You don't have to be perfect. And some of you in this place may have think, do you know what, I've asked for this gift for so long and I haven't got it and God doesn't want to give it me and I, I just feel like a less of a Christian. I want to remove that from your life. You're not a second-class Christian. God loves you. And just say, Lord, I'm open today. I'm open for any kind of your gifts to come into my life. But Lord, as we've been talking about this heavenly language, that would be awesome as I begin to worship you and pray that something happens from the, the Holy Spirit will help me connect with the throne room of God. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it's in your word, your will. And Father, for those online and in this place, I know that there may be many of you in here that's really, really dry, thirsty, empty, but the Holy Spirit 
can fill you afresh. See, it's not a man-made thing. It's a God thing. You don't even have to raise your voice to receive it either. Just got to ask him. Now, I'm going to ask God to do it, but could you ask him yourself if you feel that's you today? If you feel comfortable right now, say, Lord, do you know what? I could do, I could do with some freshness from you. I could do with being filled with your presence. In fact, Lord, I want this gift. I want the gifts of the Spirit operating in my life. And if that's you today, God already knows your heart. Why don't you begin as we worship the Lord right now? And Donna's going to actually sing and worship and may even move into singing the Spirit just to let you know how it operates. There was a little bit of that earlier on and you're thinking, what language are they singing in? Actually, it's a heavenly language. But just go with God today as he does something in your heart. And as you leave today, get hungry for the gift. Say, Lord, I, I want more of you in my life. I, I need more than just the natural for this Christian journey. I want to operate in the supernatural. Father, would you grant, Lord, your people the gifts that have been given to the church for the benefit of others, to glorify you. And Lord, especially the gift of speaking in new tongues. Lord, I ask you to fill those hearts right now. Maybe some have never experienced, Lord, this gift. Would you fill them, Lord, by your presence, no pressure, no manipulation, just pure God, filling their heart by your presence, Lord. Would you freshen your people? Lord, would you ignite those that know they have this gift, Lord, again to, 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 to dig out the gift of God and begin to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Lord, allow that gift to flow. Let rivers of living water flow from within them again. Father, will you deposit gifts of miracles and healings and knowledge and prophecy. Lord, disperse your gifts to your church and online, Lord, those that are not even here. Lord, we pray, God, you would fill them right now, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, your supernatural presence, Lord. Lord, as we get into worshiping you, I pray for heaviness to lift off some of you today. And I want you to email us. Some of you will leave church today and you will feel lighter. Something have left you. A heaviness. God's going to freshen your heart and your spirit. Lord, we worship you. Come on, lift your voice. If you can pray in the Holy Spirit, just begin to do that gently from your life right now. Come on, begin to do that. Just begin to connect with heaven, with your heavenly language. Come on, I give you permission to do that today. To connect with heaven, with your heavenly language. It's okay. Come on, you, you can do that today. Let's just begin to release the fresh atmosphere over your lives, over one another. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Donna.